The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I'm so excited to have you here today. We're going to have a wonderful show. We're going to be talking about fathers' rights and also the fathers' rallies that are happening across the country um, at your either at your local family uh, law courthouse or at your state capitals. So be on the lookout for that. Um, this is happen- This event is happening nationwide. It's on Friday, June 17th. That's this Friday, June 17th. I personally am going to be a keynote speaker um, at Sacramento at the uh, Capitol in California. And the event goes from 11 a.m. to about 5 p.m. There'll be various speakers there. Uh, there'll be booze there and a lot of information that you can gather. Um, most of all, uh, you know, by heads with uh, other dads that might be in the same situation as you and uh, perhaps they are also having custody issues. Maybe some of them have worked through those issues and those would be good uh, people to know because um, they'll help you along with your case. So um, anyway, before we get on to the topic, if you happen to have missed last week's show, last week's show was about you're asking the wrong question from one of my uh, mailbag, it was one of my mailbag questions. Also, uh, fetishes, what are they, how do they come about, and we had on my guest last week, author Eric LaPrice with his coffee table book, On Feet. And as usual, um, towards the uh, end of the program, at the fourth uh, segment, which is 45 minutes past the hour, we will be having Rideshare Rants. This is a uh, new comedy addition to my show, and we're talking to drivers who are um, Uber or Lyft drivers and their crazy passenger stories. You also can participate um, at that segment if you like uh, please um, PM me um, on my Facebook fan page easy to uh, figure out same name as the show the men's advocate show with Linda Gross all right and if you haven't already done so um, when you go to that Facebook fan page the men's advocate show with Linda Gross in the upper right corner hit the like page and hit it again to allow notifications that way once a week you'll receive the notification as to what the topic is who the guests are and uh, right shortly thereafter the show I usually post any links or pertinent information that we talked about on the show and that's all all there on the Facebook fan page for your easy perusal. All right, so let's get into today's topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, exciting um, rally that's going to be happening uh, this this Friday. Um, I actually joined um, this group uh, last last year, and I went to the local. Uh, Courthouse, but this time I was invited to be a speaker, keynote speaker at the state capitol. Um, hopefully, that rally will attract a lot more people, and uh, we can disseminate some information that is helpful to dads in this in this hardship position. Okay, so let me make a quick transition here. Um, oops, that's not the right one. 
All right, so we'll make a quick transition, and we're going to be talking about, let's talk a little bit about the history of how all this got started, um, what is the court system doing, why are they doing what they're doing, why are they penalizing dads, where did it all get started. So the history of this is back in the 60s, women fought really hard to get laws passed to protect women against domestic violence. It took many painful years for our legal system to recognize women as victims of domestic violence. Uh, domestic violence, stalking, and sexual harassment laws were passed and enforced to protect these true victims. M many women lived through domestic violence. Many died. Uh, some went to jail for homicide. Some were later pardoned. Um, anyway, after a several-year battle, society finally got to recognize violence against women. Now, unfortunately, when we fast-forward some 40-some-odd years, now it seems that the legal pendulum is swinging in the other direction. Uh, gender bias to the detriment of men runs rampant in our family court system. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Women today now use those laws, that those hard-fought laws from the 60s to their advantage in family courts to bring men to their knees and to erase fathers from the lives of their children. False allegations by women of child abuse, violence, and drug use to claim an unfit dad are common dirty tactics. Uh, they're dirty tactical ploys to get even with the dad. Sometimes they have nothing to do with the children. Sometimes the mom is aggrieved and crazy and she's just doing these things to get even with the dad. So what I would like to see, I mean, if I were a judge, whatever happens in court, I would like to have the judges ask for proof of these said allegations. In other words, where is the police report? Where is the child psychologist's report? And where is the protective services report? Currently, these items are not being asked for. They're not substantiated. So instead, all too often, the judges are signing an order, signing the custody order, without substantiation of the facts. Why are they doing this? They're partially doing it for fear of being politically incorrect. So um, as the women sets out to punish her ex, the true losers in this case are the children. Every child needs both parents regardless of what the mom thinks. Every month I keep hearing stories from dads who have lost their jobs, their dignity, and everything they own from fighting a seemingly battle, a seeming battle that cannot be won. If the da dad stops paying support, well, you pretty much wrote off any glimmer of hope to getting access to your child, or worse yet, you might get thrown in jail. I hear of dads who have been steadily sending in their child support payments without any form of custody. It is just so outrageous and the court system is slanted against dads today um, to the extreme and this has got to stop. Heck, we even hear of cases where the mom has attempted to kill or actually did kill the child or children and even that isn't enough of a crime to put them away for life. Every month I keep hearing from dads who have fought the court system for five eight, ten years, still with no hope in sight, still it's not uh, an even and balanced custody uh, arrangement. And what about double standards with remarriage? She can remarry without lowering his child support payment. If dad remarries, his support payment may go up because of the new wife's income. So that's kind of the history of what's going on with the court system today. When we come back from the break, um, let's talk about uh, a letter that I received from uh, one of my fans and listeners with regard to this subject and how all of this has impacted his life and his child's life. Um, if you want to chime in, 
in on this topic, please do so. Our call-in number is 951-922-3532. Again, the number is 951-922-3532. We'll see you right back after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we are talking about the upcoming Father's Day, which uh, this, which is this coming weekend on Sunday. But more importantly, we're talking about the Father's Day rally. Um, it is happening across the country at the state capitals. And if you can't go to your state capital, it is also happening on a local uh, uh local basis with regard to your family law courthouse that's in your jurisdiction. All right. Um, so what we're talking about is men who have been wrongly denied custody of their children. It's an open event for both parents, grandparents, children, families, relatives, and friends to work together to resolve the injustices regarding children. And these dads have been denied having, I mean, the children have been denied having their fathers in their lives. So I will be um, at the state capitol in California, and this is uh, at uh, the south steps of the capitol, which is the, between the streets of 11th and N streets, and like Nancy, 11th and N streets. Okay, so I wanted to read you a letter from uh, one of my readers, and um, Wanted you to hear the the pain that he is going through, and we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay, so um, this is from reader John Clough in Ojai, California. He said, "Thanks, L Linda. I like many are all for women's rights, but we have to ask when that should trump the rights of a child." The problem is very clear now. In almost all studies that children raised where the father is purposefully alienated comes at a huge cost to those children. The figures are sickening. Their entire future is at risk almost across the board from mental health, financial, mental health, financial, and their success in relationships and as a parent. I have seen this firsthand when I was able to get my son at age 18 and bring him back to California with me for about two years. 
every aspect of my son's life has been damaged. The years of lies, mistruths, being sneaky and on the run, along with bad parenting, had left him a mess. He is such a good young man that it broke all all of the family's hearts to see what had been done to him. This poor young man was paranoid and would lock doors and windows when I left. He knew nothing about tools, not even the difference between a standard screwdriver and a Phillips. He did not even know how to make a bed. When he was taught, it took him 30-plus minutes. He had a lot of problems with school, had no time management skills, and and because he had been allowed to quit everything as soon as it did not go well for him, he knew nothing of victory or the payoff of hard work. He was used to eating alone, and it would take him from anywhere from 40 minutes to an over an hour. He did not know what silverware was used for what food and really how to cook anything. He would lie and sneak around even even when it was for no reason because that's all he had seen from his mother. I could go on and on, but even writing this tears me up. Even with all I have seen in the Army, this was the saddest thing I have ever experienced in my life. The worst part of it was after two years, he went back to his abuser because that is what he knows to be normal. Thank you so much for being a light at the end of this dark and heartbreaking form of abuse. Wow. That's from my, my uh, fan and, and listener, John Clough. If you, John, if, you, if you're listening to the program, you'd like to call in, please do so. It's 951-922-3532. Um, yes, please do so. Also, if this letter has touched you or if you are a dad and you're having custody issues, um, please do speak up. We would like to hear from you with regard to this subject. All right, let's move on to the next category. And um, I wanted to let you know for dads who are in this aggrieved situation, do not focus on judges or the attorneys. I know a lot of uh, men seems to do that seem to do that because they think that's the direct line of what's going on. Um, that's who you come in contact is the attorney or the judge. But I'm here to tell you that that's really not where the problem lies. So you have to like attack it on a level um, where you're going to make a difference where the problem is, and it's not with the judges. So instead of blaming correct lawyer, uh, corrupt lawyers and judges, which is a common uh, perception, I suggest that the courts lay down official guidelines with regard to custody issues. In other words, if X scenario happens, then the ruling is Y. That way it's black and white and the judges cannot deviate from the official guidelines. So the judges should only be ruling on less than 10% of the cases, meaning they should only be ruling on the exceptions. After said exception, any exception should then be added to the code at a later date. So what this will do is this will free up the court system because most of the proceedings should be automated based on the conditions. So if X happens, then Y is the outcome. So the reason why I don't want you to focus on judges is because judges are just paid employees, just like you. They're just being told what to do. So if they're being told to ru rule in favor of the mother, then that's what they do. If they're being told from higher up to, um, you know, not substantiate her claims of abuse or alcohol or drugs or, you know, in some way would uh, get you an unfit parent status, then that's what they do. They're being told what to do. So it's really not necessarily a situation of having a corrupt judge. They're just following orders. All right, so why are they following orders? And where are they getting their information from? Where, is, where are they getting their edicts from? 
Okay, so this, the statutes come from a much higher level than the judge or the attorney level. Uh, part of the problem is the states actually get federal money for splitting up families. Did you know that? Um, I'll try to dig up that code, but I was just actually in shock when I, when I read this because I kept thinking to myself, why would a judge lie? Why would a judge be so... Um, you know, non-accountable with regard to his, when writing his orders. It just like didn't make any sense to me. And it turns out that the states get federal money for splitting up families. And the system is way more divisive than you think. So let's go up the food chain even more. Because in, in my mind, when something doesn't make sense, I have this policy that says follow the money. So it doesn't make sense that these judges would be as corrupt as they are for no reason. And like I say, they're just following orders. So if you go up the food chain more, um, the courts are being controlled by multinational corporations because they actually benefit by having families that are split up. Because families that are split up are in a state of chaos and the masses are just easier to control when you're in a state of chaos. Okay? So that's why they're doing it. So um, it could be these multinational corporations are throwing money uh, to the states, to the court systems, and, and throwing money at a federal level for the laws to be written the way that they are written. Make sense? So you have to kind of go with where the culprit is. You can't just go to, you know, the immediate gatekeeper, which is the judge. All right. And what else should you be doing? Okay, write to the lawmakers. Instead of, you know, putting out a sign that says we hate this judge or this judge is unfair or whatever, I mean, what is that going to do? I mean, even if you got your wish and even if they toss that judge out, guess what? There's probably 12 more judges that, quote, unquote, are equally as corrupt as the one that got tossed out or the one that retired. So that's probably not going to work. So you have to go at a level of where the lawmakers are. So one way you can do this is to get a proposed bill on an upcoming ballot. So in the state of California, you need 400,000 signatures um, to get an issue on, you know, on an upcoming proposed ballot. So um, I know this because another men's rights area that I'm uh, that I'm championing championing is uh, with regard to lifetime alimony reform and its abuse. So um, the, the, the California representative for the lifetime alimony reform, we've had him on the show a couple times. Um, that's Steve Clark. If you want more information, you can go on my website with regard to um, that information and just go to themensadvocate.com forward slash father's rights forward slash father's rights and you will see his information. Anyway, we tried to garner up uh, 400,000 signatures, which is a gargantuan task, but it is one way to do it. So, um, you know, unless you personally can write to uh, the lawmakers themselves, I know uh, the state of Colorado, um, there are tons and tons of men's groups and dad's groups, and what they are doing is they have a form letter Okay, that they that you can find on their website and they ask all their membership to bombard uh, the legislatures in the state of Colorado um, with that same letter again and again and again. Uh, you know, hopefully if you can get some big numbers out of it, if you can get, you know, a thousand letters, five thousand letters or even a hundred thousand letters going in the direction and landing um, at your state legislature's office, that would be another way to get someone's attention. Okay. 
All right. So if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're talking about men's rights and the upcoming uh, men's rally that will be at the state capitals as well as at your local level at your um, family law courthouse. If you'd like to join in on this topic, call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about focus on what you can control. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about uh, father's rights with regard to family law and custody issues. Um, I'm going to be at the state capitol this coming Friday. Uh, They're having a rally from the hours of 11 to 5 p.m. in California. And this is an open forum for parents, grandparents, parents, children's, children, families, relatives, and friends to work together to resolve these injustices. Um, you know, we were talking about the history of family rights with regard to women. It's now kind of gone to the other extreme where men are shut out from having access to their children. So we're trying to think of ways on how, I mean, if the women could do it, a number of decades ago and get laws on the books to make it more fair for the women, then I feel that the men, even though it might take some effort, uh, that we, with a concerted effort, can get laws on the books that make it more fair. So I know a lot of this, you know, is sort of out of your control. So I want to talk about issues that are in your control that you can proactively 
um, do to help your, your situation and help future situations. So with regard to um, getting into a relationship, you know, like I say in my book, wear condoms 100% of the time. 100% of the time because you need to control your DNA um, that is your lifeblood and you need to um, not give it out willy-nilly willy -nilly. so in other words you know having that uh, six seconds of pleasure is not worth 18 years of grief that is uh, coming before you so wear a condom um, do not take her word for what uh, her birth control is, uh, unless it's like a semi-permanent uh, form of birth, birth control, like an implant or an IUD, and you happen to go to the doctor with her and you can witness that um, this, this semi-permanent form of birth control actually happened. With regard to the pill, I would not take her um, word on the pill. It's not like she's trying to play games, but the pill is based on a very specific system. Um, you have to use it in a very systematic way. In other words, you, you have to take the pill consistently. So if your hour is to take that pill every morning at 8 a.m., that's what you have to do. Like you can't take it at 8 a.m. one day and 2 p.m. the next day and oops, I forgot got you know on day three so I'll just take I'll just double up on on day four it doesn't work that way another thing that they don't tell women with regard to the pill is that it only works for a certain weight range so in other words if the woman is too heavy or is considered overweight the pill is rendered ineffective and there are quite a few exceptions to the pill and quite a few things that will render um, the birth control ineffective and you can get the full list of what those are in my book um, it's called Mastering Women um, you can get that on Amazon it's available in paperback as well as uh, the as well as an ebook all right and so um, so anyway, my advice to that is wear a condom 100% of the time. Okay, good. I'm just getting a notice here that we do have uh, John, my letter writer, on the line right now, and we're going to bring him on. Uh, welcome, John, to the program. Thanks for calling the show. Yeah, good afternoon, Linda. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. What a wonderful, touching letter. I'm so um, sorry to hear that you had to go through all that pain as well as your son going through that pain. Yeah, the hard part of seeing what it put him through. You know, as a man and, you know, as people in general, we go through things as we get older and we suffer a lot of things, family loss, relationships, and 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 you learn to deal with those things. But seeing a young man whose entire life is going to be affected by something like this, is it's really, um, really painful to see that. It's devastating. Was he uh, living just with the mom from an early age? He, um, I moved her in. Um, it was supposed to be a temporary arrangement. She was just going to stay with me until she saved up to get a place. Right. And like you said about the birth control thing, it turned out she said she was on birth control. And it turned out later, uh, well, a few years later, uh, I found a, a little, like, journal that she had left there. And it turned out that um, she very purposely had gotten pregnant. Um, she got pregnant within, like, 50 days. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and um, they lived with me. I tried to do the right thing, and I had them living with me for about three years, and I just I finally couldn't take it. She was trying to get pregnant again, and it just was a bad situation. And then we went into a custody battle, and then uh, ultimately, uh, you know, it was about three years. I guess she moved out, and they lived uh, nearby with her parents. Um and ultimately, she ended up, uh, after I got a, finally, after a long custody battle, I got a, a major victories in visitation and custody. 
So then she took it to the next step, and then she petitioned the court to leave the state to be with her family in South Carolina. So she left, went to South Carolina, and everything was good until it was time for his visitation. He was about five at the time, and he was to be flown out here um, to California, and we had made arrangements. My dad was, or one of us was either going to fly out there with him or something so he wouldn't travel in alone. And she immediately said, nope, this is not going to happen. She cut off all contact and basically went on the run with him. And it was a, yeah, she was on the run with him. South South Carolina is one of my hot button states. In fact, we talked about South Carolina a couple of months ago with regard to this issue. If If the couple is unmarried in the state of South Carolina, the dad has no rights. So if yeah. she wants to play games with custody and say you will never see your kid ever again, she she's within 100% of her legal rights to do so. I hate that law, but uh, there are many states. Uh, there, there's Texas is like that, too. So it's um, really just uh, it's, it's horrendous. I mean, California is a little more even-handed. But then, you, like we talked about at the top of the hour, then you have women who are lying in court just to try to get um, an unfit parent status to the dad. Um, and, the, and the lies, are they go unsubstantiated. So, you know, it's you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. It's like we need a complete overhaul with regard to the custody laws. Like all of this should be like cast in stone. Like if you check these boxes you know, then the following outcome should, you know, should apply. And that's it. There shouldn't be any gray area like this. Yeah, the the the, the bias, the sexual bias against men is a carryover. From my understanding and my research, a lot of this, a lot of the laws in many of the states were generated during and shortly after World War II with all the war babies. Mm-hmm. And that was a different situation because when all the men came home, the women were largely without jobs. The men came home, took all the jobs. Women and wives were stay at home. And for a woman in the 1940s to be single and married and have a, a child was a very difficult thing. Right. And, and, and those laws, many of them have carried on today and our current situation with men and women and the job markets and everything else is is, is nothing like what it was in 1945. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, back, back then, you know, women didn't really have a means of support unless she moved it back in with her family. But on her own, she didn't really have a way of getting a job or putting a roof over her head. So you're right. The laws did make sense back then. In fact, they continued to make sense. And most women were stay-at-home moms until the advent of the pill, which happened. Um, it be- had widespread use in, in the early 70s. So it was at that point that women could decide, okay, I'm just going to take the pill, and then finally now I will have control over my body, and I don't have to get pregnant. In other words, I can continue my education, or I can go into the workforce, so a woman had options. So, um, you know, I think a lot of this hating on men happened during those early early 70s, um, you know, it started with the invention of the pill, which was supposed to give her such liberation and, you know, give her more choices in life, which it did do. But, uh, you know, the women's lib of of that day, they decided to, uh, they set out with a premise, equal pay for equal work, which I thought was a great premise, but they couldn't solve that premise. Um, And the primary reason why they couldn't solve that premise, here we are, 40 years later they still haven't solved it the primary reason is because they were demanding that they get the job or the promotion based on their gender well you know the ceo or the boss could care less about your gender you know he could care less if you're black blue or 
polka dotted. He wants to, he or she wants to know that how are you positively affecting my bottom line? Just like men have to compete. They have to compete on that level. They're not competing based on their gender. They're competing on what are you bringing, what is this employee bringing to the table that will affect the bottom line? Well, apparently women don't understand, um, you know, <laughs> that math. So because they couldn't solve the pay issue, systematically I think they just started to hate on men. And that's why the pendulum has now swung far too much to the other direction. But, you know, that's why men are so abused in the court system today, I think, because of all that. Yeah, there's yeah, there's so many different things that have led to the situation. But you know, it's it's. I'm glad you bring up the issue of the uh, a while ago the uh, birth control because um, you know, depending on where you're at, I've been fairly successful, and I, I don't know, maybe it's a confidence thing coming from the military and having served in special forces in Alaska, and I've been kind of a you know a man's man, and. Yeah. Uh, I have a good family, you know, we have, I have a good family, a large family with uh, 700 years of history on my dad's side and a couple hundred years of Native American on my mother's. And I have had this thing about, you know, meeting women and, and being deceived and wanting to immediately get into a relationship and adapting things to me that they claim as an interest, and in this case, she clearly purposely got pregnant. And um, yeah, birth control and, and the and the and the outcome of this is you know it, it's what I suffered is what it is. I you know I brought that on myself, but what I've done to uh, to this what's happened to this young man, my son, is just uh, that that's just that's just heart wrenching. And it's um, the consequences of, uh, you know, your actions. And uh, right. yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really there, glad you brought that up. Is there anything that you could tell our dads, um, you know, to learn from your experience as to how they can apply it to their own cases? You said at one point you were successful with your custody issues. Is there any uh, advice you'd like to give the dads? Yeah, uh, diligence and don't let your emotions get the better of you don't let anger hurt do your due diligence and your research join up father's rights groups keep in mind that above all else it's about the child not about you not about her no matter what she did you have to let that go it's um and and just really Keep in mind that you've got to fight for this child because you, you've got a life, a generation in your hands. It's him, your 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 son or daughter, and their kids. And uh, the carryover and the devastation goes on. It will affect him, and it will probably affect his children. So for fathers, yes, just absolutely do your research. Keep the emotions out of it. Keep the, the idea uh, that it's about the child's future. And uh, and don't give up. Just just don't give up. Keep keep looking for avenues. There's a growing resources out there for men now, uh, especially compared to what I was experiencing in the uh, early '90s. Absolutely. I mean, there there are thousands upon thousands of Facebooks, Facebook groups that I know of, and plus other forums too, other social media platforms as well. Um, join Dad dad's groups because there are strength in numbers what you can't handle one-on-one when you've got you know 10,000 people behind you 100,000 people behind you in your group whatever um, you can learn by somebody else's mistakes you can learn by their successes I absolutely had that on my list with regard to um, you know helping your your case along um, and then with regard to getting back to the early stages, again, of relationships, uh, uh, talk about having children well ahead of proposing to her. Talk about it. I mean, like, figure out what, what your stances are, what your stance is, what her stance is. If you are, you know, not on the same page, not even close, why even continue this relationship? So I'd like to see dads be more proactive with their DNA, you know? I mean, just make better decisions. 
Um, with regard to the whole birth control issue, please read my book. There's a whole chapter on birth control, all the different forms of birth control. It's not that she's lying or trying to deceive you with regard to saying, you know, yes, I'm on birth control when really she has no intention of being on birth control. But I want you to know, I want men to know the pitfalls of what is going on. Um, Hormonally speaking, a woman's body, the number one job of a woman's body is to produce a child. That drive, that hormonal drive, regardless of what's coming out of her mouth, that drive supersedes anything. That drive is equal to a man's drive to have sex. That's how strong it is. So once you know that, you can work backwards with what you have to do to protect yourself. So it's not like, you know, she says to you, oh, honey, let's not have sex for the next five years. You're going to say, heck no, and you, you dump her. Well, her body is geared to producing a child, and regardless of what she does um, and regardless of what precautions, quote-unquote precaution she's taking she will slip up it's just human nature it just happens so um but there are things you as a guy can do ahead of that to protect yourself now once you're already in the situation um like john was mentioning as well take good notes like um you know keep a journal of what's going on between you and your child and the custody issues, um, if you can document it um, in more ways than just by your hand, if you can, you know, maybe take pictures or or uh, cite other cases that are similar to yours, whatever you need to do, just be a good note taker and a good documenter. Absolutely. And, yeah, and follow, you know, other dads who have, you know, won their custody issues. Um, contact them or contact these groups to figure out what did they do that was different than what you're doing, and maybe you can adopt adopt some of those uh, lessons and, and battles and put them in, into play. So, yeah, all these things are quite helpful. Um, yeah, so... So anyway, he was so his uh, his grandparents, your son's grandparents, they were no help either. I mean, it was a, a you know, his grandparents were still married, or or they were uh, split apart as well. No, they they were married. Uh, it's funny, her, her whole family is was a, a good family. She was the kind of oddball out of the family. Um, okay. Um, no, her. She was the one thing that I found, and I should have seen that earlier. Was she had had a lot of problems with her dad, and her mother. She had a close relationship with her mother, but um, her mother ultimately aided and abetted her consistently. Her father, on the other hand, when they went on the run, he actually um, he had been accusing me for a number of years of not paying child support. And I had finally um, sent certified mail to him because it was being intercepted by the mother and the daughter. I finally got him certified mail with copies of everything, and he found out how much child support she was getting. And oh. he, um, he he kicked her out. He kicked her out within two weeks in South Carolina and told her, no, this is, you know, you, you've been lying not only about how much you're making, but how much he's been sending you. And he tried to be helpful. Uh, when she went on the run at one point, he told me that he knew his wife was going to visit her and that he knew from the phone calls that she was approximately two to three hours away because um, she would call when she got there. And that did lead me to track her down once, but she promptly she promptly moved about two weeks after I found her again when I had guys show up to serve her papers. So... Um, it was, uh, you know, in those kind of situations with parents, it's really difficult because parents get caught in the middle. It's an emotional thing. They have a grandchild, they have their daughter, or maybe even a son who's involved in this custody issue. Their natural instinct is to protect them. But then at the same time, and in this case, the father, um, he, he knew I was a good guy and he knew I was trying to do the right thing. And, uh, and he actually, you know, he got, he got kind of pushed aside by the thing. And it was, um, it was really sad because ultimately he passed away 
when my son, my son tells me he was about nine and that that was the only real male figure he had in his life, the grandfather. Um, and he passed away and, uh, and he was the only one that would talk, you know, speak well of me. Nobody else, the mother and, uh, uh, my son's mother and her mother didn't, you know, didn't speak very well of me. In fact, they had coached him that I was a, uh, I was dangerous, suffered from PTSD, and that as a green beret, I wasn't quite balanced. And and uh, so, and my son was, uh, it was very, it was a, it was a devastating loss to lose the grandfather, and you know, see the family that tore up. And uh, my son tells me that every time that the grandfather was around the mother, that there was fighting and arguing. So it's, um, yeah, those situations are very, very difficult. Uh, child out of wedlock and, and planning and looking at your relationships and, and being up front and being on the same page and discussing these things and getting an idea of what's going on, what direction you're heading in, is very important. Don't let your uh, little head uh, guide your uh, big head and get yourself into a situation that you can't get out of. Right. That that is so true. It, like I was saying, it's not worth the six minute minute six seconds of pleasure <laughs> yeah. compared to what you have to deal with for making that hasty decision. So yeah, it's just craziness. Um, wow, it's just, you know, I hear these stories again and again, and I hope we can come to terms with our legal system. Uh, I think we have a very big hill to climb, and it's dads, I, I see dads coming together more and more, so I, I do have hope that it will finally come together um, and and happen for these dads. I mean, I, I see dads that are in the court system for 10 years. I mean, it's like, what are they going to do? They're just they're just going to, you know, stretch it out until, um, you know, until the kid is 18. And then it doesn't matter anymore because then at that point the child can do whatever uh, he or she wants. Thank you so much, uh, John, for calling. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll talk more on this issue with regard to um, father's rights. And uh, let's take a quick uh, little segue here. And we're going to go into uh, ride share rant. So, Brett, if you wouldn't mind, cue up our uh, music, and then we'll go into um, our, our clip with uh, Angie, who's a limo driver, and her story. One day, I'm driving a shuttle back from Palm Springs going to OC, and I see this car in front of me, and it's doing this herky-jerky motion where it speeds up, slows down, speeds up, slows down. And I think to myself, well... Why don't I uh, hurry up and get past this guy because I don't want to be involved in the accident. So as I get up close to his vehicle and I look to my left, all of a sudden I see a head bobbing up and down and I see why the guy is going herky-jerky, slow, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. So I decide I better pass him. As I pass him, all of a sudden the girl's head pops up. She's up there for a couple seconds, and then right back down she goes, and there he goes again. Speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. So by then, I decided I've got to go. So, O.C., here I come. <laughs> and we can all guess what they were doing, right? <laughs> the bobbing heads. Thank you, Angie, for that entry. Um, you, too, can send an entry or do a live call uh, with your rideshare rant if you're a driver. It turned out, in this case, uh, Angie was a limo driver. That's okay, too. So limo drivers... Uh um, Ubers, taxis, lifts, whatever you like, uh, just send me a, a, a private message on the Facebook fan page. Um, we will see you each and every Wednesday right here, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's all for now, and hope to see you on the courthouse steps on Friday. Take care, everybody. Let me know how, how your week goes. <laughs>